Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do you not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the the two told what had happened on their way, 
and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread, when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Amen. Thus ends our reading of God's joyous word. May all who hear it become witnesses of our resurrected Lord. Christ is risen. Normally, I would hear, uh, hear you all shout back to me, He is risen indeed. But that's not how this works, is it? So let's, let's try this again. I will say, Christ is risen, and I will trust that you at home will shout back, He is risen indeed. Are you ready? Christ is risen. Amen. When was it when you realized that he is risen indeed? How did you come to such a knowledge? Was it because you grew up going to church and over time the, the, the truths of the Bible were instilled in your heart until they, they finally clicked and you realized that, that Jesus is real and that he is alive today? Maybe it was a friend who had shared the gospel with you. They had told you about, about the resurrected Jesus. And somehow you just knew that it was true. And so you turned from your sins and trusted in this Messiah. Perhaps you came to the truth through your own study. You were curious and so you began to read the Bible. And it was there that this God-man, Jesus Christ, confronted you and you were compelled to believe. Or could it be that, that, that God had moved in your life in such an extraordinary way that all of your preconceived notions of what is true were just thrown out the window? He had revealed himself to you so powerfully that the only answer that could explain your experience could be found in the Bible where you discovered the living Christ. How did you come to faith in your risen Lord? If you are a Christian, 
If you believe that Christ is risen, then in our passage for today, you will come across four groups of people who should sound very familiar to you. They should resonate with you in some manner. And my hope for you today is that the, that the power of the resurrection will have the same effect upon you as it did on all of them. But maybe you are here today and you have yet to have faith. You, you, you have not settled in your mind or believed in your heart that, that Jesus is alive. Well, this message is for you as well. For these same groups of people speak into history as witnesses to our resurrected Lord. And my hope for you today is that you would consider their stories and understand that they are speaking the truth. That the tomb is empty and that Jesus lives. And because he lives, he brings to you a hope that goes beyond this life, delivering you to an eternal home. That being said, let's look at our first group, those who gained faith by looking back at what they had been taught. Let's look at the women at the empty tomb. Their names were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, along with some others. They were disciples of Jesus. They were mourning over his death. And the reason that they had come to the tomb was to prepare the body. You see, they were not expecting a resurrection. They did not believe that Jesus was alive. And yet the stone had been rolled away and the body was missing. But even this was not enough for them to understand. Instead of believing, they wondered about it. But God would not let them remain in their bewilderment as he sent his angels to them, his, his messengers who brought them this good news. Let's, let's pick up the story in verse 5. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Why do you look for the living among the dead? These women did not realize that Jesus was alive. Should they have? Absolutely. For Jesus had told them exactly what would happen. Look at Luke chapter 9 verse 22. And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. This was a message that Jesus kept repeating over and over again. And yet none of them took it to heart until now. Yes, they finally remembered. They, they had sat under the teaching of their master for years. And only now were they, were they making these connections. The tomb was empty. Jesus is alive. It is just as he said. What joy must have filled their hearts. Let me ask you, are you like these women? Have you been going to church your whole life, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening, but never really hearing? 
And yet one day, it, it finally clicked for you. At last, you understood what Jesus was all about. How he had died and how he, he had gained victory through his resurrection. Maybe that day is today. You are just now beginning to see Jesus in a whole new light. Your eyes have been opened to the truth and you finally believe. These women, they witnessed the empty tomb. They remembered the words of their Lord and they had faith. So what did they do next? They shared this good news with the apostles. Which brings us to our, our, our second group, which is really one man, Peter. A man who heard the testimony of these witnesses and wanted to see if it was true. You see, all these, as, as these women were telling of the empty tomb, none of, none of the men believed them. Their words seemed like nonsense. And yet, in, in verse 12, we read this. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen, linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. What was it that made Peter get up and run? Why would he, be, he even consider what, what these delusional women were saying? Perhaps he too remembered the words of Jesus. He wanted to see this thing for himself. And while he had yet to believe, he didn't disbelieve either, or else he would have just stayed put. What did he find when he got there? The tomb was empty, except for the strips of linen that were left behind. I can only imagine what Peter must have been thinking. The, 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 these women, they were right. The body is gone. Jesus is not here. The tomb is empty. Could what they have said about the angels be true as well? Is Jesus really alive? Perhaps you too have had someone witness to you. They told you about Jesus, how he had died for your sins, and then three days later rose victoriously. Maybe you didn't believe them at first, but what they said got you thinking. It raised your hopes that, that, there, was, that there is something more than, than just this life. And so, and so you investigated. You began reading the Bible for the first time. You looked into the reliability of the historical data. And, and what you realized is that all of the evidence points to a risen Savior. It was a witness of others that spurred Peter's curiosity. It raised his hope that this one whom he had put his trust in had returned to him. But there were others who were reluctant to believe. Which brings us to our third group of those, of, of those who, who had the word open to them. Two men on, on this road to Emmaus, confused by all that was happening. But while they were walking, they were joined by Christ. And yet... They were kept from recognizing him. Let's look in on their conversation. Let's see what happens. Verse 17. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem 
and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all, all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Foolish and slow of heart. But why? Because they didn't believe all that the prophets had spoken to them. They had misinterpreted the Old Testament. But now Jesus was opening their eyes to the truth. Story after story, he, he demonstrated to them how, how they were all pointing to himself. These men were beginning for the first time to understand the purpose of the cross in this newfound reality of resurrection. Oh, what I would have give, given to, to have been walking down that road. To hear Jesus teach from Genesis or from the Psalms or from a book like Isaiah. Well, eventually these men arrived at their destination. They invited Jesus in, even though they had yet to recognize who he was. And, and they broke bread together. And it was then that their, that their eyes were opened nice, and they saw this man for who he truly was. It was their Lord, alive and well. It was just as the scriptures had prophesied. The Messiah, the, he, he, he had to suffer and then rise again into his glory. But as soon as they discovered this, Christ disappeared. How did these men respond? Look at verse 32. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Burning hearts from the word being opened. It is that, that feeling of wonder that comes upon you when the truth sinks in and you discover that it is so much better than anything you had imagined. Perhaps you are like these two disciples. Christ was revealed to you through the opening of the word. It was through your study of the Bible that you discovered the living Jesus, the one who was dead and is now alive. Is that how you came to know Christ. But let's continue. Like the women, these, these two in Emmaus could not keep silent. They went back to Jerusalem and found the apostles along with the others and said, it's true, it's true, the Lord is risen. They told them all about their journey to Emmaus. And Peter was there as well, proclaiming that he had seen Jesus. But would the rest of them believe? What would it take for them to have faith? This brings us to our fourth group, those who have faith because they saw the living God. 
Look at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. But he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they were... And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Jesus was now standing among them. And instead of believing, they think he is a ghost. But he is not a ghost. He has flesh and bones. He, he, he shows them his wounds from, from where the Roman soldiers nailed him to the cross. And how do they respond? In both joy and disbelief. It was roughly two years ago when I was watching Michigan basketball play Houston in the NCAA tournament. And with three seconds left, they were down by two, having to go the length of the court. Pretty much everyone thought it was over until it wasn't. It was uh, the, the freshman, Jordan Poole, who, who hit that awkward three to, to win the game. And I, in my, in my disbelief, suddenly had my misery turned into ecstatic joy. And this, over a basketball game. Imagine what it was like for these disciples. The one they had followed for three years. This, this one who was dead was now standing in front of them, eating their fish. How crazy is that? It was a time to celebrate. It was a time to be amazed. For their Lord had risen from the dead. The grave could not hold him. And he had returned to them in the flesh. But he did more than this. For just as he did for the two on the road to Emmaus, Jesus opened up their minds to the scriptures as well. Look at verses 44 and 45. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. These men believed because Christ had come to them and revealed himself in a way they could not refute. But Jesus didn't just lead them to their experience, but he grounded it in the word of God. Perhaps you are like these disciples. Jesus has shown himself to you in a way that you cannot explain. You you came to faith in him because he came to you first. And this encounter that you had filled your heart with joy. And yet, Whatever your experience may have been, in order for that faith to flourish, it must be grounded in the Word of God. Four groups of people all coming to faith in this risen Savior. And yet, as we'll see, genuine faith will result in four things. Let's look at the end of our passage and discover what these four things are. Verses 46 through 48. He told them, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, 
beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is uh, the first result of having faith in the resurrection. You are to be a witness. You are to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins to all the nations. Listen, a, a silent witness does nobody any good. No, being a witness means announcing what you have seen. And let's be honest, how could anyone who, who has experienced such great joy hold it in and hide it from the world? This is something you should shout from the rooftops. Jesus is alive! He was dead, but he has risen! This is your calling if you are in Christ. You are a witness. But there is more. Look at verse 49. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in that city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This power from on high is the Spirit of God who dwells within each and every believer. And this is the second result of having faith in the resurrection. The Holy Spirit will be your helper. He, he is the one who changes you from within with the promise of new life. But there is more. Look at verses 50 and 51. When, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he, while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Here we see the ascension of our Lord. He has gone not only to rule on high, but to prepare for his people their eternal home. And this is the third result to having faith in the resurrection. That your hope is not in this life, but in the life to come. Jesus is the first fruit of the great harvest. The, the, the fact that he rose from the dead means that you will too. And, it, and that if you repent and trust in him, you will spend all of eternity in his presence. But there is even more. Look at verses 52 and 53. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. And here we see the last result of having faith in the resurrection. For when you believe that Jesus is alive, you will worship him. Why? Because before Christ was just some historical figure that you thought that that that, that taught you a good way to live. But now he is a living God who speaks to you today. Because before the Bible was just another book. But now it has been opened up to you and has become God's way of revealing his heart to you. Because before you were, you were left without any hope beyond this life. But now you have hope eternal. How could you not worship this one who died for you? Four groups of people. Four sets of witnesses bringing you the message of Christ each in a different way. Perhaps you can relate to one of their stories. Perhaps you too will believe in this risen Savior. Perhaps you too will be a witness. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this, 
Easter Sunday in praise of your Son, our risen Lord. He has come to us in our most desperate hour. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to turn away from our sins and trust in this living Savior. Make us witnesses of him. May we proclaim the the, the good news with the eternal joy that you have placed within our hearts. This Easter day, we worship Jesus, the one who defeated death. We pray this in his holy name. Amen.